Brother Perry, you go ahead and come and give us whatever Lord's laid in your heart. Thank you. All right, it's so great to be here this morning. Uh, great to finally get to meet some of you. And uh, we were supposed to be here on our family vacation this week. That's why we had kind of planned this thing out. We were going on family vacation, and we were going to go to the Ark in Kentucky. And uh, But I, some of you are aware about what happened with my daughter Bonnie. She had, my five-year-old daughter had a bad fall and had a uh, multiple skull fracture. So she's still suffering from a bad concussion. She hadn't gotten over that. Uh, so the doctor ordered her to not travel. So that's why I'm here by myself. Um, we were had to cancel our family vacation, but I, I love you, Pastor. And I got a lot of respect for you, Pastor. So I wanted to come on and come anyway, okay, just to support him because I've got so much respect and love for him. So uh, great to finally be here. Great to finally get to see your church building and meet, and meet your uh, Pastor McMurphy's church family. And love your building. It's a great place. And uh, I love your town. All right. This is a, a real... Hey, people up north aren't supposed to be this nice. <laughs> I, I, I got a big old stack of tracks and went to Walmart yesterday and passed a bunch out. Went to Hardee's and passed a bunch out. And, and people at the hotel and in the parking lot of the hotel. And, man, I, I, I'm just blown away. I, I didn't think people up north were supposed to be this nice, all right? But I love your building, love your town. Be a great place to, to raise children and come be a part of this great church here. Uh, I love those dueling pianos. Man, that was awesome this morning, amen. Dueling pianos. I was thinking about that because Burt Reynolds just died recently, all right? And... I hope none of you have seen that movie, Deliverance, all right? You shouldn't, have, you shouldn't have watched it if you did watch it, but they had the dueling banjos on there. It made me think about the dueling pianos, all right? So that was good. I enjoyed that. All right. Thank you so much for the hotel room, and thank you for all the snacks. And, and my favorite snack, two snacks, uh, plantain chips and uh, macadamia nuts, all right? So I, had, I was spoiled, all right? So thank you so much for that. Uh, Turn, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. Real easy to find. Just go to the middle of your Bible there. And Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1. I'd like to preach to you this morning uh, on this title. or Well, the title of my sermon this morning is A Good Name. A Good Name. Uh, let's pray. Father God, we love you. Father God, thank you for the honor and privilege to be here with, with my dear friends, the the McMurtry family, and this great church. And Lord, I pray that as I preach on the outside, you preach on the inside. Father, I pray that you would do only what you can do. Lord, I stand in need of you now. Help me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you have a real Bible, it will read like this. Now, is it your custom to stand, brother? Okay. Uh, Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Now again, the title of my sermon is A Good Name. And the Bible says a good name is rather be chosen than great riches. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 1 says, A good name is better than precious ointment. So I want to have a good name. And I'm pretty sure you would, you would as well. I believe that's why you're here on Sunday morning, all right? You care about the things of God. You, you want to have a good name. You want to be pleasing to the Lord. I want to give you three points about your name, three points about my name, three points about a name, all right? So the first point I want to make this morning is, 
Who knows your name? Who knows your name? Now turn to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21 if you would please. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Who knows your name is a good indication of whether you will have, have a good name or not. Now, who's ever heard this said? It's all about who you know. Who's ever heard that? It's all about who you know in life. Well, that's true in some situations. You know, if you want to get your foot in the door, it may be a union job, or you know, you want to get your foot in the door, some type of employment you're interested in. Yeah, it's good for you to know somebody. Know it. Have, have somebody on the inside. Uh, here, past few weeks, I got a friend of mine a job. He was interested in working uh, where I work and what I do on uh, part-time, my part-time work. So it, it, it did help who, who he knew was in his favor and was beneficial to him because I was able to get him a job. I gave him a good recommendation to my uh, boss and, and um, able to get him a job. So that was in his favor. But I'm tell, telling you, what really, really matters in life is not... Who you know, but who knows you? That's what's really important in life. What really matters in this life is not who you know, but who knows you. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 with me, if you would, please. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Thy name? And in Thy name have cast out devils. And in Thy name done many wonderful works. And then all profession of them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So here goes some people who claim to know the Lord. But the Lord didn't know them. So what really matters in life is who knows you. Now, I like where he says, uh, I want to draw your attention to that part where he says, I never knew you. I like that. He says, I never knew you. Notice he didn't say, I used to know you. He said, I never knew you. That's why it's impossible. That's why we believe in once saved, always saved. Alright? We believe in once saved, always saved because it's impossible for his sheep to go to hell. The Bible says in John chapter 10, He knows all His sheep, and He gives unto His sheep eternal life, and they shall never perish. So anybody He sends to hell, He says, I never knew. He didn't say, I used to know you. He said, I never knew you. Anybody He knows is can be sure of heaven, 100%. Amen? Amen. He knows all His sheep. He gives His sheep eternal life. Now, if you're here this morning and lost, you can say... I know the Lord all you, all, all, all you want. I hear people all the time knocking doors. Hey, ma'am, how you doing? My name is Manly Perry, Old Path Baptist Church. Love to have you come visit with us sometime. But more importantly, we want to make sure you, you know 100% that if you died, you'd be going to heaven. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Well, ma'am, if you don't mind me asking, what is it that you believe a person would have to do to go to heaven? Know Jesus. What's really important, ma'am, is does He know you? Not if you say you know Him, but does He know you? Hey, look, you can stand, you can go up to the White House and stand out there with a bullhorn, let me in, let me in, let me in. I know Trump. I know Donald Trump. And what they'll probably do is they'll probably... 
put you in one of them I love me jackets. You know, Secret Service will put you in an I love me jacket. Because you, it doesn't matter how much or how loud you say or how much you think you know somebody, what matters is if they know you. Hey, you're not getting in. They're not letting you into the White House just because you say you know Trump. But if Mr. Trump comes down and says, let them in, I know him, then you're good. Amen. You're in. So that's what's important. You want the Lord. You don't want to just say, ah, I know Jesus. No. Does Jesus know you? Alright. Well, how do, how, do, how does Jesus get to know someone? I'll tell you how. When a person decides and realizes that they can't save their self, and it's a free gift, and they need Jesus Christ, and they put all their faith and trust in Him, and they call on Him, Jesus Christ knows you. Yep. Amen? That's how you get to know Jesus. It's by putting all your faith and trust in Him. Now turn to Acts chapter 19, verse 13. Acts chapter 19, verse 13. I just wanted to hit that real quick because I figure we may have some visitors here that are not saved. This is anniversary Sunday. We've got some big... And congratulations, by the way, on seven years. And, you know, I figure we could have some visitors here that aren't saved this morning. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you think that you know Jesus, but the important thing is, does He know you? Have you been born again? Have you been saved? Has there been a place and time in your life where you called on the Lord, you realized you were a sinner, you realized that you deserved to go to hell, but you realized He had a free gift He wanted to give you called eternal life, and by faith you came and called on Him and received that free gift. That's how you get to know the Lord. So what's important is who knows you when it comes to salvation, but what's also important is who knows you when it comes to service. Who knows you when it comes to your service? Look at Acts chapter 19, verse 13. Then, came, then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of uh, Siva, a Jew... And chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? So here we see the devils didn't know these fake and phony preachers. Here we have some fake, some phony preachers who are trying to do the work of a real preacher. And the, the devil doesn't recognize them. The devil doesn't recognize these fake and phony preachers. But notice he did know Jesus and Paul. Now, why did this devil know who Paul was? Because he was getting something done. He was on his radar. That's why it's important. <laughs> who knows your name? Who knows your name in uh, salvation, but it's also important in who knows your name in service. Because if you're getting anything done for God, the devil's going to know your name. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> Paul was on his radar. Who's ever heard of this term before? Gadar. <laughs> Alright, so you see some polka dot shirt wearing, designer jean wearing... Twinkle-toe, high-stepping little sugar britches. 
<laughs> got sugar in his tank. You see him walk in a restaurant somewhere or sit down beside you when you're on a bus or an airplane or something and your gaydar starts going off, right? Real men have gaydars. <laughs> Their gaydar starts going off. It's easy to spot them. It's easy, easy to detect them. Guess what? The devil's got a godar. A godar. When he sees you going out and preaching and doing the works of the Lord, you will show up on his radar screen. You will show up on his godar. I got a question for you. Are you on Satan's screen this morning? Are you on his godar? How's your name? Who knows your name this morning? Do the demons have your number? Uh, do the demons know who you are? That'll tell you how your name is. If you got a good, hey, we all want a good name, right? Well, in order to have a good name, if you got a good name, that means the devil knows it. Amen. And that probably means he's been beating you up. Probably means he's been attacking you lately, and that's a good thing, because you know, hey, I must be doing something right. Amen. <clears throat> Now, remember the demon-possessed damsel in Acts chapter 16? Uh, you can turn there with me quickly if you want. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verse 16. If you're doing something for God, He's going to know your name. The devil's going to know your name. The demons are going to know your name. So that's a good indication you've got a good name. If they know it. Paul's a good name, isn't it? Timothy's a good name, isn't it? Luke's a good name, isn't it? Well, the devil knew their name. Look look at uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 16. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought our, muster, our masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. So they sure, you know who that us was? That was Timothy and Luke, for sure, and probably a few others. So these demons here sure knew who Paul was, sure knew who Timothy was, sure knew who Luke was. They were servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. You want to know if you have a good name? Well, are you out showing people the way of salvation? If you are, then you're probably on his radar, the devil's radar, and that means you've got a good name. The name that this devil or demon gave them was the servants of the Most High God. This demon didn't say the sluggards or the slackers of the Most High God. The servants of the Most High God. Now, let me ask you a question. What are the demons saying about you? Or do they even know your name? If they do know your name, what are they saying about you? I want Jesus to know my name, and He does. He knows the very number of hairs on my head. No big challenge there, amen? <clears throat> but I also want the demons to know my name. I want them to know my name. I want to be on her Godar. Because that means I am doing something. 
You say, doesn't that bother you, Brother Manley, for the devil to know where you live? Doesn't that bother you, Brother Manley, for the devil, for you to be on the devil's radar? No, it bothers me to not be. It bothers me more if, if he didn't know who I was. If he didn't know the name of Manly Perry. If he didn't know my address in San Antonio, Texas. That is what would really bother me. Because that's telling me, I ain't doing nothing. Yeah. I'm letting the world die and go to hell. Right. So it, it would bother me more for him to not know who I am than for him to know who I am. Now, the reason why it doesn't bother me is because the Bible says as greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Last time I checked, the kings and Lord of Lords had taken up residence inside my heart. That's right. Amen. So <clears throat> that's why I'm not so concerned if he does if he does know me as much as I am if he doesn't know me. <clears throat> it says in Mark. Chapter 1, verse 34, listen as I read. It says of Jesus, He healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils. And listen to this, don't miss this. And suffered not the devils to speak because they knew Him. Hey, look, they can't even speak unless He allows it. Why should I be worried about them? What are they going to do to me? They can't even speak unless Jesus allows it. I'm not worried about I'm not worried about them. I'm more worried about him. Amen. And if they know me, if the demons know me and the devil knows me, then that means I must be doing something right. And that means I'm pleasing him and he's gonna have my back. And he's got my six, amen. Turn to James 4, verse 7. James chapter 4, verse 7. James chapter 4 and verse 7. The Lord's already told us how to deal with the devil. So we've already got some clear-cut instructions what to do with him. Yeah, he's a threat. Yeah, I don't want to do business with him. I don't want to deal with him. I want God to put a hedge around me. But I'm not going to go hunker down in some compound somewhere let the world die and go to hell because I'm so worried about the devil. I, I, I want to do something for the Lord. I want to make my life count. So I want the devil to know my name because I want to do something for God. And God's already told us how we can deal with the devil. James 4, 7. Let's look at James 4, 7 if you would. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Alright? So here's how we deal with the devil. Step number one, submit to God. Step number one, you wake up and you put Him first in your life. You wake up and the first thing you do when your feet hit the floor is you check in with headquarters and you make contact with headquarters and you seek the Lord and submit to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want You to call the shots today. I want You to run the show today, Lord. And you walk with God. You walk with Him. You put Him first. You seek Him. Seek His face. And that's how you, what you do when you submit to Him. But number two, you resist the devil and he will take off. He will flee. You say, well, Brother Manley, what, how do you resist? What does it mean to resist? How do you resist the devil? Can, can you help me understand how I can resist the devil in my life? I want to resist the devil. I want to submit to God. 
And I understand how I can do that. Just yield my heart to Him. Get in His Word first. And put His, put his Word first in the morning. Go to have prayer time in the morning. I understand how I can do that. But what is this thing about resisting the devil? How do you do that? What well, is an interesting thing. There's a word, a synonym for the word resist is withstand. Withstand. Alright? When Peter, do you remember when Peter was out of line? When Peter started separating himself from the Gentiles and he stopped eating with the Gentiles and he got out of line there a little bit? The Bible says that Paul withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. So what Paul did to Peter, he got in his face, is what you and I should do to resist the devil. Get in his face. Bow up on him. Now, I'm not talking about do battle with the devil and box the devil like Pentecostals do and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to deal with the devil. I want to stay away from as far away as I can from the devil. But when he shows up and he starts knocking on your door and starts tempting you, tries to get you to do something that you're not supposed to, what you do is you bow up on him and get back in his face. Hey, you drop dead, devil. I'm going to church. Come hell or high water, devil. I'm going to church. You bow up on him. You resist him. Hey, kiss my grits, devil. I'm going soul winning. Bet you ain't heard that one in a long time. <laughs> hey, devil, you can suck a rotten egg. I'm not getting a divorce. Amen? You bow up on him. You withstand him. You get in his face. Drop dead, devil. It's not going to happen. I'm going to work things out with my wife. I'm going to patch it up. Wherever He's hitting you, you resist Him. The Bible says He'll flee. And the reason why He's so quick to flee is because, see, the devil and his demons are not omnipresent. There's not enough of them to go around. Uh, they are, the devils are limited in number and they're looking for easy victims. See, once, they're, once they realize you're resolved, uh, once they realize you're resolved, come hell or high water, they're not going to get you to lay out of church. It doesn't matter if it's flooding. It doesn't matter what to do. It doesn't matter if family came to town to visit. And you've got all kinds of excuses. Hey, you're resolved. You're going to church. You're going to put God first. You know what they'll do? They'll quit wasting time on you and go try to find some wishy-washy, half-in, half-out Christian somewhere. They're limited in resources, friend. There's more people, I believe, than there are demons and devils. That's my personal opinion. So they're going to go try to find an easy target. They're going to flee. All right. Uh, they, they know their time's running out. So they're kind of running around frantic like a chicken with her head cut off. <clears throat> now here's why I'm more worried about the... Uh, here's why I'm more worried that the devil knows my name than I am worried about the devil. You can get the devil to flee, but you can never fix your name. You realize what you do here on this earth is really the only thing you can take to heaven with you and eternity with you. The souls you've saved. and You're going to live with, with I believe, you can get the devil to flee, but once you die, you can't fix your name. You're going to live for all eternity 
with your name. Now turn to Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. So the first point I made was, number one, who knows your name? If the devil knows your name, that's a pretty good indication that you have a good name. The title of my sermon is good name, right? So if the devil knows your name, if the devil's been beating you up, it must mean you've been doing something right. It must mean your name's sounded pretty good. The second point I want to make is, what will your new... I'm sorry... Will your new name be a good name? Will your new name be a good name? Talking about having a good name here on this earth. But how about when we get to heaven? Will your new name be a good name? Now, did you realize that if you're saved, you have a new name coming? That's good news to some of you, because some of you don't like your name now. So that's a good opportunity to get a better name. Amen. A name you do like. Look at Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. There's a lot we don't know about this new name that we have coming to us. A lot we don't know, but I believe there are some things we can know about it. All right, let me tell you what I, I do know about it. The new name's going to be in the stone. All right, it's going to be written in the stone. So I believe that stone pictures Jesus Christ. He's our rock. Amen. The rock of ages cleft for me. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. Jesus is oftentimes pictured as a rock in the Bible. So since our name is written in the stone, our name is written in the rock. I believe our new name is going to be based off of what we did after we got saved, after we got put in the rock. That's my personal belief. That's my personal opinion. And that's good news, amen? That's good news because I don't want my name to have anything to do with before Christ. Amen? Look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 12. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 12. Let's see what else we can find out about this new name. He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my New name. So, our name is going to be written in the stone, best I can tell. But here, we're going to have the name of God, and I will write upon Him my new name. I guess the Lord Jesus Christ's new name, that is what's going to be written on us. Our new name is going to be in the stone, and then we're going to have uh, Jesus' new name written on us. And based off of Revelation 22.4, the name of God will be written in our foreheads. So, good thing our new name's not going to be written on us. Because if it was, some of us would probably be ashamed. I mean, I, I, I think the reason why, that's the reason why it's written in the stone. Our new name's going to be written in the stone. It's not going to be written on us because some wouldn't want to go through heaven with their new name written on them. 
Look, heaven wouldn't be heaven if you had to wear a couch potato around on you. Alright? So I'm thinking that's probably why Jesus, God's putting our new name in the stone so you can probably keep that stone flipped over upside down if you want to. Alright? His new, his new name's going on our foreheads. We'll be, all of us will be proud to bear that one, right? Some of us will be ashamed of our personal name, but none of us will be ashamed of that name. Amen? So that's why it's going to be on our, our foreheads. But, just because your new name's going to be written in the stone and not on you, don't think you're off the hook. Don't think you can just, alright, whew. I can slack off. I can be a bum. Because here's the thing. You know when you get to heaven and you get your new name written in your stone, you know your buddy's going to want to know what you got. Hey, this is what I got. What'd you get? And not only that, but you know it's going to spread. I would imagine your new name. Yeah, you're not wearing it on you. Yeah, it's not plastered on you from anywhere I can tell. I may be wrong on this. But, word's going to get around. People are going to be asking. I would imagine. I'm going to ask Pastor Merchant, hey, what'd you get? I'm going to ask him. I'm sure he's going to ask me. Alright? And it's never a good thing to get stuck with a name you don't like. I mean, there's even a song written about it. Something about a, a boy named Sue or something like that. Who, who knows what I'm talking about? Who, saw, who sang that song? Who, who sang that song? Who said that? You been listening to Johnny Cash, brother? <laughs> <laughs> that was a setup, brother. I'm sorry. Right. <clears throat> my, my, uh, I get my people all the time with that. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, there's even a song about that. Johnny Cash, right? So that would really stink going through life as a man with a name. Uh, that would really stink going through life as a man named Sue, right? What about going through all eternity with a bad name? Now, and, and, and maybe this is just... Heaven wouldn't be heaven with a bad name, I don't think. But and I may be wrong on what I'm preaching this morning, but I, I just want to I want to make I just want to double check and make sure I'm getting a good name, Amen. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting a new name. I want to make sure it's a good one. So that's why I'm gonna err on being side of cautious, try to make sure I get a good name. Some of you are probably familiar with that Indian story about how Indians come up with names. There was a young young Indian boy, Native American boy, who approached his dad, who was the Indian chief. And he said, Dad, you know, how is it that you come up with all these names for my brothers and sisters? He said, well, when your brother was born, we opened up the teepee and we looked outside and we saw a soaring eagle. So we named your son, or your brother, Soaring Eagle. When your sister was born, open up the teepee, and I saw Prancing Fawn. So I call her Prancing Fawn. He said, why do you ask, mangy dog? <laughs> <laughs> so that Indian 
based those names off of what he saw. Right? Some people better hope God doesn't do that with their new name. But I'm telling you, we got a new name coming. And it makes sense to me. Some of this is speculation this morning. I'm just trying to make a. Uh, 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 I'm just trying to err on the side of being cautious. All right. So some of this uh, is biblical based opinion. Here, here's what I mean. In the past, God gave names specifically based off of what people had done or would do. So what makes us think He's not going to do? He's going to do different when we get to heaven. <laughs> Just like that Indian, he, 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 he gave those names based off of what he saw. I believe God's going to give us our new name based off of what he sees. Because that's what he's done in the past. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll give you a couple of examples. Genesis chapter 17, verse 5, you can listen as I read. Neither shall thou, thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. So he called Abraham, Abraham, because Abraham means father of many nations. That's what he would do. He would father many nations. So I gave him that name. In John chapter 1, Jesus told Peter, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Jesus knew Peter would be an important foundational leader to that early church. Jesus knew Peter would be a rock to that early church, and he was. So I preached that great sermon, Day of Pentecost, and that got the ball rolling, and, 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 and people started being added to the church by the thousands. Acts chapter 5, we see Peter is, that, is the pastor of that church. That's why he calls out Ananias and Sapphira. You remember when they got struck dead? Who confronted them? Who called them out? Peter. Peter was a foundational rock for that early church. I believe that's why Jesus gave him that name. He knew what he would do. God gave Jacob a name based off of what he had done. Uh, listen to Genesis thirty-two twenty-eight. God said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and men... And has prevailed. So here's another name given based off of works. Now our works will never get us into heaven. We're saved by grace through faith. But our works can get us some trophies and some rewards. And our works could possibly get us a good name. See, this is another name given off works. Jacob wrestled with God and didn't give up. And God liked that. He liked that he didn't give up. He liked that he was a fighter. So, uh, he gave him power and he gave him a great name. Based off of his works, based off of what he done, he gave him a good name. So that's why I believe our new name in heaven could possibly have something to do with our works and what we've done. It makes sense to me. Just like God was observing them, He is observing us and it makes sense that our new name will have something to do with what we did after we got saved. That's why... It says, only the person who receives it knows. Because you know what goes on on your 
secret place in your heart. Your secret world. Your secret life. You know if you're working for the Lord or not. You know if you're serving the Lord or not. You know if you have good motives or not. Again, I may be wrong on this, but just in case, you better do good works so you can strive for a good name in heaven. Do good works so you can have a good name here. But also, let's do good works in case that name, that new name we got coming is based off our works. Amen. Amen. Now, let me ask you this. Based off of what you have done so far, since you've been saved, how do you think your name would be? Would you be called Mr. Facebook because of your awesome Facebook presence? Well, God say, I never could get him in my word. Couldn't get him in my word. But he sure played a mean Facebook. Maybe your new name will be the Facebook Phantom. How about Mr. YouTube? I imagine somebody will have that name. Might be a few of those. You know, he never did go to the local church. The one I built. The one I bought with my own blood. But he sure did gorge himself on internet sermons. And I'm all for internet sermons, praise God. I like... What's brother back here named Mike? Mark. I like Brother Mark's YouTube channel. I'm subscribed to it. Jackhouse.com. Is that what it is? I love that YouTube channel. It's one of my favorites. Amen. And, you know, I'm all for listening to internet sermons and stuff. But not if it's going to keep you out of church. Not as an excuse to lay out of the local church. How about YouTube Warrior? Couldn't get him to share the gospel with his co-workers, but he sure did freely share his comments all over YouTube. How about that? How about YouTube Warrior? YouTube Commentator Extraordinaire. It's funny that I misspelled extraordinaire, put extraordinaire in my notes, and I misspelled it so bad that the spell check couldn't even recognize it. <laughs> it didn't even give me a... Uh, I, could, I, had, I had to Google it. <laughs> right. How about APB? Would that be a name God may give you? APB. He, he would travel and show up to every soul in marathon... When the big name's in town, hey, when the big name comes to town, he's there. He's there at every soul winning marathon. But come, time for local church soul winning. Couldn't find him in an all points bulletin. Come time for the weekly being sent out in a local church. Couldn't find him with an APB. FBI couldn't find him. How about do you think he, he, he might call some of you trackless? Trackless. I'd hate for God to say, I gave you technology. I gave you a printing press. I gave you all these cards. They have this little thing on the back called Directions to Heaven from Rock Falls. I gave you all these cards. But you didn't ever keep any on you? It wasn't important enough for you to keep these on you and give them out to people. And look, don't tell me you're an efficient, effective soul winner if you don't keep these on you. You're not an efficient fisherman if you don't keep these on you. You say, 
Well, Peter never had any, but I bet you he sure wished he did. And I bet you that if he had some, he'd have kept them on him. Because here's what good fishermen do. Good fishermen put good bait in their tackle box. And they get it done any way they can in the most effective, efficient way. Guarantee you, Peter would have loved to have some of these to break the ice. Guarantee you, Peter would have loved to have some of these to give to a Walmart cashier that he didn't have time to give the full-blown gospel to, but he could sure invite him to church and get him here. And they can get saved here, or they can watch the video on the back. What he call you? Trackless. Good fishermen catch fish any way they can. They use the best method possible. Hey, back where I'm from, I, there's been rivers that have flooded and come up on the, in the, on the ditches alongside the highway, the, inter, the not really interstate, the highway, and these ditches would flood. There's guys out there fishing with pitchforks. I mean, so many fish and the water recedes and there's just flopping around. They'll go out there with pitchforks. Good fishermen fish any way they can get it done, amen, even with pitchforks. Keep you some tracks on you. i tell you the reason why you don't keep tracks on you. It's because it's not important to you. That cell phone's important to you. You know what you need to do? You need to get you a stack of these cards. You need to keep some in your car. You need to keep some in your dresser so you can always keep some in your wallet. First thing I did when I came in this church yesterday was get me a big stack of these because I know I'm going to be talking to people at the hotel. I'm going to be talking to people at the gas station. We're talking, running to people all over. Keep you some tracks on you. Amen. That should be important. Your phone's important. You would never leave your house without your iPhone. Never leave your house without your wallet. Why? Because it's important to you. Well, why aren't tracks important to you? Why aren't keeping some of these important to you? Amen. What do you call you? TV. Maybe because that's where you... Uh, would that be your new name? Because that's where you spend all your time. Maybe what do you call some of you ladies? Ratchet jaw. <laughs> Lizard tongue. Because you like doing this all the time. Backbiting. Gossiping. Tattlers. Busybodies. Maybe he'd call, but would he call some of you guys, I, boy, I'd hate to have this one. Would he call some of you guys pretty boy? <laughs> this, you're so in the fashion. You're not into the fundamentals of the faith, but you're in the fashion. Is that what he might call you? Maybe he'd call uh, some of you skinny jeans. No, that's, that's the other place. The devil's going to be calling people skinny jeans. Because people that wear skinny jeans are going straight to hell, amen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Man, I saw a guy in the airport. He had on some jeans so tight. I was like, man, just take those things off and put on a pair of leotards. <laughs> I mean, the only way you can get them things any tighter is if you put on a leotard. What are the things called the girls used to wear back in the early 90s and late 80s, I guess it was, that had these like stirrups? Who knows what I'm talking about? Little stirrup things. That's what this guy needs. Is that what they call stirrups? Stretch pants. That's what this guy needed. He needed some stretch pants, some leotards, amen, some of them stirrup things. 
Look, if you could have one name, what would it be? How's your name doing now? Maybe it's not too late. I don't know. I, I don't think it is. Maybe, maybe God's going to base our new name off of what we do. You know, how we're doing there at the end. Maybe, you know. But <clears throat> let me ask you a question. Based off of what you've done so far, how would your, how do you think your name would be now? And then I want to ask you another question. If you could have one name, what would it be? Somebody tell me. Somebody throw something out there. Raise your hand. Somebody raise your hand. Tell me what to do. Yes, sir. Sir? Good and faithful? Amen. Somebody give me another name. Somebody think of another name you'd want your name. You could have one name. I mean, it could be multiple names, good and faithful, but what would you want written on your white stone? Somebody, somebody throw something else out there. Yes, ma'am. Brave and bold. Brave and bold. Amen. I can think of a lot of cool names. Soul saver. Street burner. Burn the streets up. Keeping people out of hell. Amen. Firefoot. Burning the streets up. Fire snatcher. Son of thunder. Bold preacher. Fire breather. Prayer warrior. Pillar. Be a pillar in the church. That'd be a great name to have. Be a pillar in a local church like this and support a great family of God like that. Support a great man of God. That'd be a great name to have. Pillar. That you were a great pillar in this local church that God built. God, that Jesus Christ purchased with His own blood. That Jesus built. Amen. That'd be a great name. Pillar. Helper. That'd be a great name. Be someone who had the gift of helps. Supporting this uh, great man of God here. That'd be a great name. Those are all great names. But let me tell you one that I believe is the best one and the best possible name anybody can get. Now, before I do, let me tell you a little Navy story. Now, my sermons wouldn't be complete without a Navy story. All right. So let me tell you a Navy story. The Navy's got this thing they call... What time is it supposed to be done, brother? What time do y'all get out? Ah, okay, I'm almost done. So the Navy's got this thing called Chiefs, Chief Petty Officers. And uh, when you become a Chief Petty Officer, there's an indoctrination. It's like a six to eight week week indoctrination into the fraternity or the brotherhood of, of being a chief petty officer. And I had to go through this, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Indoctrination. I had to be indoctrinated to become a chief petty officer. And we had chiefs training. And one day there was this old, crusty, master chief petty officer who probably been in the Navy 27, 28 years, something like that. And he, he, he called all these chief selectees up to the front. And he told him, he said, if you could have one name written on your tombstone when you die, what would it be? And these guys were popped tall and they were all given all kind of real fluffy, like political type answers like they thought he would want to hear. Loyalty. Dedicated. Uh, what's something else they said? Uh, loyal. Dedicated. Uh, faithful. You know, saying all these answers. And he went up and he said, those are pretty good names, but you're all wrong. He didn't really say you're all wrong, but basically what he said was, here's the better name. Chief. Chief. Because he said, a chief is inclusive of all those. So what he was trying to say, chief trumps all that. 
If you're a good chief, you will be loyal. If you are a good chief, you will be dedicated. If you are a good chief, you will be faithful. So he was saying, chiefs, all inclusive. Alright, so the word chief was all-encompassing. So the name that I would want is a name that's all-encompassing. It includes all those other names. All those other names that were, were told. You know what that is? The servant. Servant of the Most High God. Servant of the Most High God. That is what Saul was known as. I'm sorry, Paul. That's what Paul was known as. That's what Timothy was known as. That's what Luke was known as. That's what that demon-possessed damsel recognized him as. The servant servant of the Most High God. Did you know that's what Elijah was known as? One of the greatest men I believe has ever walked the face of this earth. My personal favorite character in the Bible, other than Jesus Christ, was Elijah. And do you know that just prior to when Elijah calls down fire... That fire, you remember that fire strike when he called that fire strike down from heaven to consume those prophets of Baal? You know, he prays, he said, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am what? Thy servant. The greatest name to be known of is a servant of the Lord. Servant of the Most High God. That's the name I'm going for. That's the name I'm striving for. It's the name I want. Amen. If I could be known as one thing, it wouldn't be chief petty officer. If I could be known of anything, it would be servant of the Lord. Amen. Servant of the Most High God. I submit to you that being called the servant of the Lord is the best possible name anyone could get. It's all-encompassing. Now, if you are a servant, then you will obviously you will be loyal. You will be a soul winner, all that other stuff. Turn to Revelation 3, 1 for the last point. I want to tie it into your anniversary. What is it? Brother Manley, what in the world does this have to do with our anniversary, our seventh year anniversary? I'm going to tie it in right now. So point number one was, I don't even remember, uh, who knows your name? Point number two was, will your new name be a good name? Point number three, what will your church's name be? What will your church's name be? Look, churches can have names also. Look at Revelation chapter 3 verse 1. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and are dead. Alright, so here we see churches can have names also. Bear with me, give me five minutes, I'm done. Probably less, three minutes. Alright, this church had a great name because they had previously done great things. But presently, now... When this was written, their name was that they were dead. That was their name now. That they were dead and they're trying to live off uh, their legacy. Now, Liberty has done great things. And Liberty Baptist Church of Rock Falls, Illinois has a good name. But what will your name be in seven more years? Will you be living off the glory days or still fired up, still doing the first works? Will they say Liberty Baptist Church sure was a part of a great movement? Or will they say Liberty Baptist Church is a great church? Amen? Liberty Baptist Church is still a great church. 
You know what's never mentioned in the Bible? The word movement. Never mentioned. Now look, thank God for movements. Praise God for like-minded churches and believers who can come together and fellowship, preach for one another, encourage one another. Thank God for that, man. I'm all for it. I thank God for it. So thankful for having men like Pastor McMurtry and his family that I can fellowship with and my family can fellowship with. And I can have him come down and preach for me. Man, I'm grateful for that. That's a privilege. I'm all for it. But let me tell you why you can't show me God. You, 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 not only can you can't show me the word movement in the Bible, but you, all, you can't show me God blessing a movement in the Bible. You can't even show me the word movement mentioned one time in the Bible. And here's the reason why. All movements eventually die off. Movements can have a tendency to get too big and puffed up and prideful. And if they're not careful, God will cause them to die off or bust them up and whittle them down. Lest they get the glory. God will whittle them down from 10,000 to 300. So He can get glory. Instead of a movement. Movements can run out of fuel. Movements can lose their focus. That's why movements are never mentioned in the Bible. Not talked about. But guess what is talked about in the Bible? Guess what God does bless? Guess who God does bless? He blesses individual men of God and individual churches of God. The Bible doesn't say, I will build my internet movement and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Is that what he said? I will build my internet movement and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it? No. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And that's why it's so important. That's why I appreciate uh, Pastor McMurtry's ministry and what he does. It's so important for us to be more concerned about pouring our hearts into our people than building a YouTube channel. Now, YouTube channels are great, awesome, I'm all for them. But what's the most important? Pouring our hearts and our people here. So that's why I appreciate Pastor McMurtry and his ministry. YouTube, look, YouTube's a blessing. YouTube's been a blessing. But I'm here to tell you, YouTube's days are numbered. YouTube's days are numbered, but our churches will still be around. If we strive for a good name. Amen. Still strive to be known as the servants of the Most High God. That's why I got in this thing to serve the Lord. That's why I know Pastor McMurtry got in this thing was to serve the Lord. What will your name be? Now you've got a good name. you got a good name, Liberty Baptist. I commend you. I applaud you. I'm proud of you. I hate to say that word proud, but I don't know another word to say. I'm proud of you. <clears throat> you got a good name. What will your name be in seven more years? You have a good one now. Will you have a good name in seven years? Hey, keep it that way. Here, here's what you do. You keep doing what you've been doing. You love that man right there. You support that man and his family. You keep doing what you've been doing, and you just do a little bit more. Just do a little bit more. Amen. You keep doing what you've been doing. Let's bow and close with a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege and honor to be here to try and encourage them. And, uh, Lord, I pray you would drive this truth down in our heart. 
Lord, who knows what our new name is going to be, but if there's any chance that our new name could be based off of our works, then help us strive to have a good name now, but also help us strive to have a good name in the future. Uh, Lord, I pray your blessings upon this church. Pray your blessings upon this man of God and his family. And you put a hedge of protection about them, Lord. We want the devil to know our name because we want the devil to know what we're... Because we want to... Because uh, we want to do something for you. But Lord, we also pray for a hedge of protection uh, about our families and about our church. And Lord, please be with this, this church here. Thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank